0: thanks to Midriff's sponsor, Earthquaker Devices. Earthquaker Devices are continually identified as leaders in the music gear industry for their commitment to creating a better, more inclusive, diverse, and welcoming music culture. You've probably seen it yourself, right? They are intentional in this work and they take the time to do it well, and you can see it in almost everything they do, right? From sponsoring podcasts like this one to the representation in social media and artists they endorse, right? And there's probably other things that we're not even seeing, right, that are behind the scenes. And then there's their truly unique, creative, inspiring pedals. Did I mention they make pedals? They're made in by hand in Akron, Ohio by like a whole pile of really, really awesome folks. Their pedals are useful and easy to use tools for like any instrument as a guitar, bass, synth, drums, whatever. And they make pretty much every type of pedal under the sun. Whether you want an octave pedal, you want a distortion pedal, you want a fuzz, you want some modulation, they've got it for you, including a few super affordable pedals that you can grab for under a hundred dollars, right? amazing. If you hear folks sing their praises, there is a reason why. And I personally played Earthquaker pedals for over 10 years, and I'm proud to have them as sponsors on this podcast and to have been able to work with them as well. And you can learn more about Earthquaker devices at EarthquakerDevices.com. Hello and welcome to Midriff, the podcast about gender, music, and music year. I'm your host, Hillary Jones. All right, glad to be back with you and thanks for being here. Today's interview is with Colleen Fazio of Fazio Electric. And if you know Colleen, you know that she's like a well-respected amp and electronics repair person and amp builder who's built up a pretty big following on YouTube over the last few years with her channel where she shares... Like her repair process, tips, you know, uh, she just features so many cool vintage tube amps, it's pretty wild. Um, We talk about all of that, her experience in the amp repair space, in social media, (laughs) uh, which can get kind of funny, and uh, safety and risk in electronics, and then a whole bunch more, right? Uh, It was a really, really fun interview, and I think you're going to like it. Two quick podcast related notes slash reminders. Um, So if you've been listening for a while, you know that the format of the podcast has shifted to sort of break up the interview and the educational content across two episodes instead of shared in one. I don't know. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you have other feedback about the podcast? I will. I want to hear it. So let me know. You can email me at midriffpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks. Also, if you follow along with the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, you have likely seen that I put out a whole pile of merch, which I teased a little bit last episode. Mostly t-shirts, tote bags uh, featuring like a bunch of topics that are covered in the podcast, such as, is that for your boyfriend with an X over the top of it? <laughs> and options for like either ask me about my gear or don't ask me about my gear choose your own adventure. What do you think? (laughs) A bunch more designs. There's a ton of stuff there. Uh, It's a fun and easy way to support the podcast. Summer's coming, right? You got to get your closet ready with some new t-shirts. You got to grab a tote for the beach, whatever, (laughs) all of those things. Um, Yeah, I hope you like them. Check them out. And if you have any other ideas, let me know as well. So there's a link in the show notes for merch if you want to check it out. Two personal notes, um, if you happen to be in New England, I'll be playing my first show with my new band, um, Handsy, March 30th at ASU 20 in Providence, and with the bands there and Helping Hands, and I am very psyched about that. And the next day, March 31st, I'll be on a panel for a day long Women in Music Industry seminar at the University of South Carolina at 10 30 a.m. which will be live streamed on twitch if you want to check that out so uh, i'll be discussing the topic of advocacy and gender and music there'll be a ton of other cool speakers on topics throughout the day as well and i'll add the link to that in the show notes too all right let's head into my interview with colleen fazio colleen welcome to midrev Hello, Hillary. Thank you for having uh, me. Thank you so much for being here. This is going to be great. I'm very psyched. So for folks who for some reason might not know you, can you introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and a little about yourself and your background with music?
1: Sure. So my name's Colleen Fazio. My pronouns are she, her, and I am an amp technician, and I also build amps occasionally too, um, based out of Los Angeles, California. Um, I've been a musician since I was a little kid, uh, played guitar and bass mostly, was in bands all through my teenage years, and then I fell into the amp thing um, in my early 20s.
0: Nice. That was very succinct. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you? So, how old were you when you started playing? I was around seven
1: years old. My uncle gave me a guitar, like a little small acoustic guitar, yeah. and I started taking lessons. And it ended up being, my guitar teacher at the time was teaching me classical. Oh, whoa. So I actually learned how to read music when I was pretty young. Dang. um, And learned how to finger pick. So that was helpful when I transitioned to playing bass in middle school. Um, The jazz, I was in jazz band, and we needed a bass player. And... Bass is a little more important than guitar in the jazz band fit realm. So the teacher was like, We need a bass player. So um,
0: I like I like that. I like that you had that level of like uh, yeah. you know, importance though. Like, you know, like bass has a place where it's like really seen as like an important, respectable instrument. Uh, whereas I feel like sometimes right. in rock it doesn't get that same level of respect.
1: It's true, it's very underrated. True in certain genres (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah so that's how I got into bass and then I played bass pretty much all through high school um my early 20s when I was in bands um bass was my instrument and it still is my main instrument
0: yeah so so all the bands that you played in pretty much like where you played out and stuff you're, you're playing bass mostly right yeah pretty much just bass nice yeah So, given that, so you have your, you talked a little bit about, like, your first acoustic guitar. What was your first bass? My first bass is actually the same bass I have now.
1: It's a reissue of a Fender P bass, the Telecaster shape Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my uncle um, is a musician and he has a ton of instruments. So as when I was younger and starting out, he would let me try certain instruments and he loaned me the bass. This had to be 15 years Mm -hmm. ago and I still have it and I still use it. Amazing. I love that. So yeah, (laughs) and I've had a couple other ones over the years, but that one has just always been my favorite
0: right here. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Close to your heart. It's in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you have, I guess, like given that, do you have like a favorite or current, like, I guess, I don't know. Are you playing out right now? Or are you playing in bands at all right now?
1: I'm not. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Since I moved to California, I haven't been in any bands. Okay. Just kind of working on like the amp stuff. Totally.
0: Do you have, like, if you were to go out and play right now, like what would be your setup for that? If you like were playing out?
1: It's funny because now, over the last two years or so, I've been diving back into guitar. Oh, cool. So, if I were to play out in a band, mm-hmm. I think I would want to play guitar. I have a strat that I use, it's just kind of like yeah. bread and butter. But so, I would probably use my strat. And I mean, I
0: choosing an amp is very well. I mean, that is that is an me. important follow up. Yeah. But- well, so what. <laughs> I mean, it obviously <laughs> you you have a bajillion beautiful, amazing amps kind of that are coming through regularly. Do you have like a favorite mm-hmm. right now? I was
1: actually, I do love playing all of the amps that come yeah. through for repair because, you know, I'm able to try out different tones and everything. I love old Gibson amps mm. from like the 40s yeah. and early 50s. They're usually the ones with just the one Volume control. That's mm-hmm. it. No tone controls or anything. Yeah. and you crank those, and it just gets the perfect natural distortion. Nice. I love those.
0: Is that a practical? Uh, is that a but, practical choice for playing uh, out on the road? <laughs> that would be my follow-up. <laughs> not for playing out on the road. <laughs> that would be more of a studio. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, if I was playing out on the road, I would definitely want like some huge cabinets. Yeah, like some huge, like six ten.
0: Uh-huh. cabinets
1: but yeah also not super practical for the road because it's heavy. you know
0: that's you gotta, but, you gotta make a decision I think that I feel like I've been trying to figure out a good solution as I it's true I'm like why am I carrying this like giant ant that I can't physically move by myself it feels like slightly debilitating so I've been like what is what is a better solution for this situation it's yeah true. I don't know I don't know what the answer is
1: a lot of people that I know who play out, right? It's it's hard to find the in between, yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of people I know who play out enjoy like the reissue Fender mm-hmm. amps, um, like Deluxes, Twin mm-hmm. Reverbs, because they're pretty reliable yeah. and classic tone. They you can they take pedals yeah. pretty well. A lot of people like a lot. I know a lot of people who like to use PVs, like the '80s
0: solid-state PVs. We're we're, these are still very heavy. Road worthy. (laughs) They are road worthy. They They will never, never break. I mean, barely. But like, you also physically have to manage them, which is maybe or maybe not an issue. Maybe you do a lot of weightlifting. I I don't (laughs) know. It,
1: lifting amps is my honestly. Training, that's I for feel sure. like
0: during the pandemic, but I lost I... <laughs> so much like like of my muscle mass just from s- not playing out because I feel like that was like where I was getting most of my like, right.
1: you know, right Ex- lugging your yeah gear, totally like,
0: it's real. It's real. you've got so many uh, things to carry just like around, and you're just doing that all the time. So I suppose you're you're it's true consistently jacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I guess like when you, when you were playing out, I guess, what were you, what were you playing for bass amps?
1: I was using, I had this like heart key Mm -hmm. solid state, like stack that I used pretty much my whole career of being in bands when I was younger, because it, it was pretty lightweight for bass. It's like solid state amps are kind of the way to go because they're really powerful. And not as heavy as like an old SVT. If I was gigging with bass now, I would love to use like an old SVT, but those are just so heavy. Like you definitely need two people to carry it's one of those. Bonkers. yeah. 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 But um, I really do enjoy like so- a lot of solid state bass Yeah. Apps.
0: Do you, I mean, because you don't work on a ton of solid state stuff though. So I assume you're pretty picky about which ones you're bringing in.
1: I, yeah, I'm pretty picky. I pretty much just do yeah. tube amps. Um, I'll do certain sol- amps with solid state, like preamps mm-hmm. or something like that, but it's generally like tube output sections.
0: Nice. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I know you've told this story in a few other places, so I'm not going to make you go into detail, but like you had said, basically as far as how you got into this work. So your uncles were amp builders. Yes. And then that yes. kind of like mm-hmm. got you into the idea of of this is a potential lifestyle Got yep. the wheels spinning in my head <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. it's like oh this is a thing i
0: feel like that's true for a lot of jobs where it's like you might not think that this is a potential job and then you see until you see someone else doing it and you're like oh yeah
1: mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. so then exactly. you
0: ended up coming on as an apprentice
1: yeah so i in chicago um there's an audio repair shop yep. called deltronics and they repaired everything—record players, keyboards, amps—and the owner of that shop took me under his wing. I started as like their office manager and learned about the business and learned about all the different equipment that was coming in and out. And then he knew from the beginning I was interested in yep. learning how to fix stuff, so he set up a a workbench next to his, and that then became story like just
0: warms my, my heart. It's so nice. <laughs> he is
1: like, he is um, an amazing person. Uh, He he gave me so much confidence to going into the industry and yeah, he's like a second father to me. So very dear to my heart also.
0: (laughs) And so then, so you did work there for a while and then you moved out to LA and did some work at another company and then Mm -hmm. moved out on your own basically. Yeah. Another app repair shop. Yeah. Would you say that there are, like, particular benefits versus challenges for being, like, an independent repair person versus, like, with a shop or something?
1: Yeah. So I feel like a benefit is being able to choose Mm -hmm. what I work on, whereas, you know, I wasn't able to be as picky when I was working at other shops. And, you know, from working at other places, I kind of see how each person does business because everybody runs yeah. their businesses differently the way they want to. And that's really cool. So I got to kind of pick up on things. I would say the downside is not having somebody there if I have a question or am stuck on something. That was always so helpful, especially for the learning experience to have, you know, somebody there who could help me. Do you have, is there
0: like a underground amp repair but, resource... Group or something that exists that you can do that with, or
1: there are like I, if I do run into some issues, I will reach out either to yeah. Mike, my mentor, or other amp techs that I know, you know, across the country. I have a friend, Pat, in New York who's a great amp tech, and I reach out to him if I have questions, and he's so helpful. So, we all help each other, because it's so, you know, we kind of all run into yeah. issues at times, so we're all there for each other. That's it's a really great nice. Community. I feel like
0: there it, there is such a level of, like, like, you have to have this level of specific knowledge, because you're like, oh, there's is this weird thing that came in that I've never seen before, and it's like this, but it's slightly different, and I don't have the schematic, and, like, what do you, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, that feels like... Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Because there are some, th- there are literally amps that like, you'll look at the schematic and you're like, this does not match, you know, this is some sort of weird yeah. variation on the original circuit. And so we kind of bounce ideas back because, you know, as a tech, you know, certain things to try when right. you're troubleshooting a problem, but then you run out of ideas if you're like, yeah. I need a fresh perspective. Yeah, so that it's makes very a lot of sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's nice. It is nice. And I, but I do, I feel like having a person to be able to do that, like in real time with can be beneficial, but also I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to weigh with like, oh, actually I don't have to take in this, like whatever crappy amp that I don't want to work on. So something yeah, that's totally. a headache to work on or whatever. Ugh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, <know>. uh, <laughs> I fixed so many things back then that I no. was like, I don't want to do this, but that's yeah, what you totally. learn also you learn that way. So it's, it's cool.
0: So you've been talking more about getting into amp building some more and you've done a few builds already. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you, I know, yes. I know you, that's something clearly that you are, I can tell that you're very enthusiastic about it. What is it that you would mm-hmm. want to build? Like what is, what kind of direction would you want to go? in? do you think?
1: So I've always been drawn to amps that are like aesthetically, beautiful and different. Yeah. I've always, the first amps that I have built have been in like solid wooden cabinets that I have woodworker friends who will build like these beautiful cabinets and kind of like makes it a little bit unique. Um, but I want to focus on amps that somebody Mm. would have in their home or studio. So not necessarily gig with, but just beautiful pieces of like furniture, you know, that is also functional, but, um, so I've been like playing with some ideas for that.
0: Yeah, it it seems like so, like you're it, the things that I've seen were kind of like almost like a mid century kind of vibe. Is that accurate? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm very yeah. like mid century, <laughs> super yeah. mid century influenced. Awesome. Yeah.
1: So um, yeah, so I'm still experimenting with that, and in like doing a lot of. R&D and tweaking with the circuit Mm -hmm. design that I want to use because each amp I've built has had a different like circuit. So I'm just kind of tweaking those and seeing what I like sound wise, but I
0: really hope this year I can have like a a, a perfect goal, right? Like have the pro it's not like, yeah, it's a good goal for like, not too, too much. You're not like, I have to come up with like a, you know, like a whole fleet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like a whole line of amps, right? Like just one. I'll be happy with just one. I want
1: that for you. Um, I feel like year after year. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I feel like year after year, I'm like, I need to do this. But then the repairs just are come in so quickly and then, such a high quantity that it's hard but i like my new year's resolution was to like prioritize exactly.
0: i think that's an issue for a lot of folks that do repairs generally like luthiers as well i think get stuck in that like oh, i'm doing so many repairs that mm-hmm. i can't like take the time to actually like do any building and it's, it seems frustrating yeah right
1: I I have friends who were in that position also like they they had Mm -hmm. to stop taking in repairs because they wanted to focus on their bills and I don't necessarily want to stop doing repairs I think it would just have to get to the point where I really limit what I take in which is hard to do it's hard to
0: know where to draw a line. But I'm sure you have a sea of amps uh, in your space there.
1: There are, and it's like, it's crazy because when I first went independent with repairing amps here in Los Angeles, I was pretty much taking in anything that I could just to kind of like get my name out there, get some clients built up and everything. Um, But then I was able to start limiting to just vintage amps, just tube amps, um, with, with exceptions, of course, but so I had the luxury of limiting to that extent and then it's like what's yeah. the next step going to be because totally. it's hard to limit there's
0: so many great oh vintage God. amps here that yeah it'll be I hard, can't imagine but... like it must be overwhelming <laughs> yeah I
1: see some really cool stuff it's really great like I have clients who mm-hmm. um are collectors and so all the amps they bring me are just like amps that I've never seen in person before Damn. just in books or on, online or yeah so, you know something like
0: that's that. that's so cool yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. like you'd have like a museum just in your garage or whatever in your shop yeah Yeah. it's like a rotating museum amazing it really is Uh, (laughs) i think one thing that i'm curious about is like i feel like there's so many myths i guess i don't even know what the word is that i'm looking for but like things that people believe are true about amps but maybe are not (laughs) are there any things like that that you think are like people spread this information around but you actually disagree with Hmm. That's interesting.
1: I definitely know there, there are
0: some that exist. I don't know just stumped you. It's more to just like of, if anything came to mind. Um, yeah,
1: I guess something, something that I run into is people will just bring me their amp and they're like, it needs new tubes, yeah. like all new tubes. And they'll, they think that if you have to have a tube replaced that you need to replace yeah. every single tube in the amp, which I've is not true. I've definitely heard that. Um, <laughs> You, If you're changing an output tube, it is mm-hmm. smart to change the whole set of output tubes just so they all match. But you don't have to change all the preamp tubes. Generally, preamp tubes will last for way, way longer than a, pair of, than a set okay. of output tubes Well, that's tubes good to know. Yeah, so that's, I guess, see, a big one that I got, hear. You had
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> it was there all along.
1: <laughs> yeah, it came to me. <laughs>
0: Uh, So I guess, so I want to switch gears for a minute. And I want to talk a little bit about your experience with like gender identities and gear. Um, And so thinking about like your experience, either as like a musician or specifically with your work doing repair work, how do you see like gender and identities and gear kind of like coming forward to you? Like how does, what are the challenges that you see um, associated with that?
1: I would say I guess I have more prominent memories, um, when with Mm. starting out with repair work, I, uh, when I was first starting, I did not know any, you know, like it's, it's very male dominated industry on the repair side of things. So when I was first starting out, like my mentor, Mike would be like, Oh yeah, she fixed this. And people would like laugh in my face type thing. I know. But that, honestly, Mike was so, like, great about boosting my confidence. He would always side with me. He would tell those people, like, F off, you know. Um, So he was, like, so supportive. But I would say it was a lot of that. A lot of, like, people turning their noses up because they just assumed I didn't really know what I was doing or what I was talking about. And I'm the first to say, like, I am learning every day. You know, there's never a cap to what you can learn. And it's like if you give everybody the opportunity to explore different things with gear, explore all the niches in Mm tech, like, tech related to music, everything. Like, there's a lot that everybody has to offer. But um, now I think it's awesome because I've been meeting more people who, like are interested in, you know, amp repair or building amps or building pedals, you know, so it's really cool. I feel like now it's becoming more inclusive and like more, you know, I think that that's really, I think that's happening. Um, and that's really exciting to me, but definitely like, I know a lot of women who have, told me stories about going into a music shop and they're treated like they don't know what they're talking about. And that's just such a turnoff. It's like, I don't ever want to go to that shop. Yeah. It's a bummer. So that's not cool because
0: yeah, it is a bummer. I appreciate you Um, really, but sorry, I feel like I I keep interrupting you, but I think there's just a little bit of latency. (laughs) Oh no, you're good. Um, You're good. Yeah. I, I really appreciate, like, how much you're talking about the importance of mentorship, though, because I feel like that is such a key piece of this is that, like, thinking about who is getting lifted up to be, like, mentored, right? Like, and who is willing to have, like, have that positive relationship mm-hmm. where you are going to, like, help guide someone, but also, like, have their back when stuff comes up and, like, not allow for that kind of experience totally. to continue, you know, the negative experiences. Yeah. Mm. To continue. Right. And I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, people
1: are, li- like you said, lifting each other up who have previously been like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. But like, I've met so many people who are really excited about all yeah. of the new people, the new generation of people who are like, getting interested. And it's not just one type a person anymore you know it's like a broad range of people from all sorts of backgrounds um which is really really yeah, exciting it's amazing.
0: I mean I think that you're probably hearing from more folks but like since I'm not like a since I'm not an ant builder I'm probably not hearing that as much like I feel like I could probably name on three hand like three fingers like one hand three fingers uh like the number of people <laughs> that that are <laughs> like like folks that do thing related to to amp repair uh, or building and it's like kind of wild mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that you're probably hearing from folks but yeah but it's but even in like luthiers there's like the women in luthiery like that's like a whole thing and I can name a lot more but with re- with amp mm-hmm. repair I can't you know what I mean
1: right yeah it's way more yeah it's few and far between but it is cool because I feel like you know, even I just met a woman a couple weeks ago who is an amp builder and she does repair stuff too. And it was really exciting to connect awesome. and meet in person and just, just and discuss all that stuff. So it makes me really happy that it seems to be something that's happening more and more and more people are just like, oh, wow, this is something that I can do and there's a need for it and yeah. I can yeah. do it so
0: totally i think that's great it's really, it really and inspiring and I, think, I mean people have always been doing it behind the scenes it's just like they're not being in, in like the larger companies it's just not mm-hmm. the you know people running their own businesses or like that kind of thing um so
1: yeah right yeah like you think back even like decades and decades and decades ago like in the 1950s women were building fender amps yep. in the factories and even prior to that, Mm -hmm. they were building radios in factories. So it's, you know, looking back historically, it's something women have always done, but it has, like you said, been much more behind the scenes. So So it's cool that it's kind of being more on the forefront now and being something that's more, there's more awareness that it
0: it is a thing you can do. On that note, I guess this is a good transition. (laughs) Talk to me about your impetus for starting your YouTube channel. Um,
1: the YouTube channel. So I wanted to start that because I was getting a lot of cool amps in and I thought it would be cool to archive footage of me repairing them, especially if they were amps that were kind of rare that I might not see again there. Yeah. And also just kind of another way to market what I do, and to yep. kind of like get more clients. I it, I was actually surprised by the people who have brought me amps that found me on YouTube. Um, so that's been kind of a good resource. And the channel has kind of been lacking because I've been so busy, but I'm starting to sure. prioritize it yeah. again. But it's fun. It's really fun to be able to archive the amps, and people seem to be really excited about the stuff totally that I put out so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well I, I i have to follow up with this question because this is the thing that i it gets me every time is just comment management like youtube comment management how how do you how do you deal uh, with that what's the process yes. if there is one because I, I let me let me read i i, I actually um, before you get I started do. let me read a few comments do you mind if i read them because i definitely wrote them down all right please do. here you go I don't know if you've read them. I don't know if you're, we'll get into that. But like, all right, Colleen, you're the foxiest repair girl in all the world. (laughs) Wow. You even know your shit around the amp electronics. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) Wow, she is the hottest electronics technician I've ever seen. Would have thought. Smart, savvy, and smoking. I could just keep going on. <laughs> this is this really good. Okay, where can I find more women like um, you? I bet you have a bunch of guitar chads knocking down your door, huh? LOL. <laughs> Baby, will you fix my amplifier, right? Guitar chads.
1: No, right? that was my favorite one. May I ask
0: who taught you electronics and yeah. do you have a boyfriend? A logical follow-up question. Not <laughs> a
1: follow-up. Yeah, logical.
0: Yeah, I was very just like important. this is all in one video. Uh, I was just like, okay, I have we have to talk oh about this. Gosh. Tell me how that how's that how's that role for you? Yeah. It's
1: yeah. been interesting. So it's interesting. I am able to laugh yeah. at a lot of them now. <laughs> but when I was first starting to post videos, it made me, like, feel weird because I'm, like, I'm literally not – I'm just trying to, like, show what I do. And I would act, I would get a lot of, like, also mean comments about, like, my yes. tattoos. I and, didn't like, get into the tattoo ones. Like I didn't and get that into that, me. but, I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs>
0: <Yeah.">
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, people – it's, like, why does – why – all you guys need to comment on my appearance when like that has nothing to do with the video like I'm working on a Fender Twin Reverb like just whatever but um yeah Mm -hmm. I'm able to laugh at them now but at first it really did bother me and I don't read all of them and I rarely reply to comments either but it's it (laughs) is kind of entertaining and funny but it also at the same time it's just like Guys, like, yeah, just, just stop. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> the the one baby, <laughs> will you fix my ass? That made me laugh so hard <laughs> when I saw
0: that. <laughs> I mean, yes, for a price. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You exactly. It it's amazing.
1: But I will say. All my clients in sure. person are very respectful and I have not had a single uncomfortable interaction yeah. with somebody. Thankfully people love to like be behind a screen and just like say weird stuff that they totally. would never say in person. So I kind of like, see yeah. it as that, but it is entertaining. Yeah, sometimes. I was just like,
0: I, I'm personally terrified of YouTube because of that kind of thing. I was just like, ugh, like, it just seems like mm-hmm. such a, slog yeah yeah Like, don't exactly. want to deal with that um, it tr- yeah it totally is and like
1: that that was part of like why I just kind of was on a hiatus for a while because I was like I just don't want to deal with this like it's just not like I have other things to do yeah. like this is whatever but I've a lot of there's a lot of good that does outweigh like all of that like gross stuff so that definitely yeah. is
0: motivating
1: But, yeah, I mean, I definitely understand.
0: Yeah. Are you also getting, like, weird DM kind of scenarios? Or is it mostly just stuff that shows up in the...
1: It's... I do occasionally. um, And if I do, I just delete it. But a lot of... I'm really pleased with the amount of just, like, kindness and respect that people generally show me. I think Instagram's better than YouTube. People are more, like... It also might be part of the like. The age that was going to be my follow up. Was around
0: Instagram because I was like, I, I, when I follow because I follow you on Instagram, but I'm not like at, on YouTube <laughs> all the time. Like I, I'll go to it specifically to find something. And mm. I, you know, when I'm on your Instagram, people are so nice, mm-hmm, like same. they're so kind and like supportive. And then going on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's just like.
1: You are commenting Shocking about information. Like, right. yeah.
0: uh, Asking, like, actual legitimate questions, you know, <laughs> uh, whereas, like, YouTube, it feels like it's just that ad nauseum, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. it's so true, it's so true, but it's, it's interesting to see the difference, but yeah, I think Instagram is just a lot of people who are, like, maybe a little more aware, self-aware, and, like... <laughs> and just are, you know, they're on their best behavior.
0: All right, shout out to mid riff sponsor Stompbox Sonic. Stompbox Sonic provides musicians with an extensive tonal palette for auditory exploration. Specializing in effects pedals, they offer a curated collection of companies, large and small, some locally crafted and some assembled from around the world. Adam and Jen have been helping musicians and sound based artists find their sound since 2009. By working collaboratively through one on one consultations, they do more than sell you a pedal. They ignite the creative spark to bring your music to life. They create a Comfortable, judgment free environment for all musicians where sonic experimentation is encouraged. Whether you play guitar, bass, trumpet to harp, roads, and circuit bent, speak and spell, Stompbox Sonic will work with you to find the right effects to fit your project. Check out StompboxSonics.com for more. Holcomb Guitars are sponsors of Midriff. Nick Holcomb builds beautiful custom guitars to your specifications and has a mobile guitar repair setup too. That means he will come to you in Rhode Island or Massachusetts either fixing your guitar on site or picking up and dropping it off when he's done. Who does that? Literally no one. No one does that. No one except for Nick. He has set up, prepared, and modified many of my own instruments, and he does great work. I also like knowing that we share values on important topics, and I'm guessing if you are listening, that is important to you too. That and not being treated like a baby. Nick will treat you like a regular old human person in the world who deserves respect. Who knew it was possible? (laughs) If you want to learn more, check out HolcombGuitars.com or follow him on Instagram at HolcombGuitars. A lot of, especially, like, your earlier videos were about, like, electronic safety, and the thing that I thought about immediately when Mm -hmm. I read that was, like, how that might be connected to, like, I know in a lot of spaces, but my my partner is, like, a custom bicycle builder, and in the the cycling community, there's a lot of talk about, like, how well, well, like, women are more risk averse than men. And so the way that they ride or the fact that they don't ride is oftentimes attributed to them just being like not wanting to put themselves physically in at risk. And so I was thinking about that with yeah. the connection to electronics. Like, do you think that there might be some sort of connection there?
1: I think there could be for sure. Um, electricity can definitely be scary mm-hmm. because you can't see it. Um, you can measure it but You can't see it, and you always hear horror stories yeah. of people getting shocked or put, or you know, it because it, it is it is dangerous yeah. if you don't know what you're doing. If you do know what you're doing, it's very safe, and there's things you can do to make sure, like you, there's no way you would get shocked. So it's just, I guess, um, at first, I I would say my mentor just kind of like eased me into it. So I never really had that fear, but I do think that that's a very real thing, um, that people even right off the bat are like, I'm scared that I'm going to get electrocuted and like, there's always stories, but yeah.
0: So that's definitely something. I feel like there's a lot of people are like, I'll mess with pedals, but I'm not going to mess with amps kind of thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Cause there is high voltage in amps. Um, (laughs) and I have gotten shocked many times, (laughs) many times. Um, but you know it's something that you just i have learned over the years the best safety practices and things to do to prevent that my friend i have a good friend maddie who is a mm-hmm. furniture builder in chicago and I, she actually built the first amp cabinet that um i cool. ever did but she just uh a couple weeks ago she called me and she was like have you ever gotten electrocuted? And I was like, yeah, but she, she was at work and she, <laughs> <laughs> she was at work and she was cutting something on like the saw and something happened where like, she was, she got Whoa. shocked by the saw and like her, um, yeah. And like, it was one of those things where she was like, oh, no. being shocked, and, like you can't move because she was like, she was right. touching, I think metal Jeez. So her boss had to come, like, rip her away. I've oh never had it, a bad like that, and thankfully she's okay. <laughs> but she, it was. I I was so thankful that when she called me that That's she was terrifying feeling better. Yeah. But um, it's very
0: scary. Yeah, and I don't just know why the, the the image of like getting shocked by a saw actually feels much more dramatic for some reason. <laughs> it's like like you can get stuck on this like. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> on, honestly like. A it, was. like eh.
1: it was because like she like she yeah she was like cutting something so like both hands were
0: you know right. creating yeah.
1: a, a circuit you know when when you're working on amps like you should keep one hand in your pocket and the other hand isn't that you know, like a Alanis Morissette so song or something making a complete circuit through your body
0: <laughs> you could use that in your electronics tutorials just throwing that out there <laughs>
1: I uh, I should. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's actually really. I've never I, made that I don't even think you know what. Alana Smore said doesn't it. come up very often
0: in my life. <laughs> Didn't really listen to her, but you know what? It's a hot tip, Alanis Thank you. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, thank you. So yeah, I think that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Electricity can definitely be scary, and it's not like. I mean I could never work on like power lines. Right. That scares me. Like that bit. Like mm-mm. Yeah. I've gotten more comfortable with it over the years,
0: I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The more familiar you are, mm-hmm. you're gonna understand like what the specific risks might be a little bit better. Yeah. And that's why I put that the
1: safety video out there because um I just I'm like if, if anybody wants to work on amps cool but like here's how to be safe totally
0: which I feel like so important and definitely the first step (laughs) it is yes
1: yes exactly Uh,
0: so you know other than the risk stuff like are there anything is there any other things that you think are particular barriers for folks like women and trans and non-binary folks, femme folks who might be interested in getting into ant building that you're seeing obviously things are getting better but
1: um I will say, yes, things are getting better. But um, I would say, like, people being open to teaching you is probably one of the biggest barriers. Um, And especially with the the specific industry of, guitar, like, two bands. Because, like, there's no schooling for it, really. There are some places where you can take, like, little weekend seminars on that yeah. stuff which is really great and I've done that before but um I feel like it can be really really hard to find people who are willing to help you or take you seriously. Totally. That and that's something that like I like I said like I feel like is really getting better but that was kind of a big barrier. Um i I mean I had that experience when I was first starting out. Mm. Um, the person who I really wanted to learn from, had no, very little to no interest in teaching me. And I don't know really why. Um, I have some theories, but it was something that was like very discouraging. Mm. And I can see that like for anybody who's like trying to, um, get into this. It's like, it, it can be very discouraging when somebody like, especially, cause a lot of the mentors are older men right. when they like look down on you and like, uh, that's not motivating. Yeah. But over time it did become motivating to prove I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. But uh...
1: <laughs> Yes. Uh, for sure. So I think that's hard, but I don't know if it's just because like, you know, I'm more aware of, of other people in the community, mm-hmm. but, um, I do feel like the women, trans folks, like non-binary, everybody, who I know in this industry like have been having more positive experiences
0: than not. So that's really, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give some recommendations for folks if they're interested in getting more into like doing some repairs, like where they might want to start?
1: Totally. So there are a lot of books that you can get that um, are really cool. There's like, you know, tube amp, handbook, Types of books like that, which are cool. I am personally, I enjoy reading those books and like trying to learn from them, but I'm more of a visual Mm. learner, like hands-on learner. So it's hard for me to read a textbook and like really understand. So I would recommend people to, like, build a kit, whether it be, like, a pedal kit or a little champ kit, because those help you get familiar with wiring things, components, how components interact, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That was really helpful for me, and actually, like, building a kit of a Fender amp was, like, what made me really solidly realized that that's what I wanted to do. Mojo Tone makes a good kit. Yep. And there's actually a lot of independent builders who make their own kits, which is really cool. Totally. So I would all, I always recommend like doing something hands-on like that. If there's an audio repair shop in your mm-hmm. area, like go in there and, and see if they need help, even just like one day a week or something and even if it's not necessarily like a hands-on technical position at first, just like start helping out in the office yeah. or whatever. Um, that, that's always, that could be good. Um, but then again, you know, that that just comes down to whether the person is willing to teach. But a lot of the people that I know in this industry have been, they're like in their 60s and 70s and have been doing it for so long. And they're really excited about people coming who to carry the torch type thing so I've had good experiences with people wanting to share their knowledge
0: I wonder Um, if
1: so that's kind of what I would yeah
0: I mean (laughs) I wonder if there are (laughs) this is a business idea I guess like if there are people who like if you you know if there's anybody that does like an online course about like how to how to like do amp repair or something you know what I mean especially if like all those folks are kind of like aging out you know
1: Right. Uh, my friend Pat that I mentioned earlier in New York, he and I did a little, like a little, a little class back in May. I think yep. it was, I was in New York and we did a little class and we just kind of did like an intro to like how tube amps cool. work, you know, like things like that. And that was really, really fun and great. And there are a lot of people, a great great mix of people there. So that was really cool. But I would definitely, I've been kind of thinking about maybe doing like a YouTube series or something about like, from point A to point Z of building a small amp or something like that. Um, Because really, like any electronics course you can take these days are very computer oriented, which is cool. But like, there's really nothing about like analog technology. Right. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would love to see or potentially yeah. contribute to it in the future. Yeah,
0: I would imagine people would really benefit from that. And, like, having someone like you who is, like, I think like mm-hmm. really good at explaining things, has, like, a really solid knowledge, like, it makes a lot of sense in my mind. Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, I definitely want to do – my one of my, like, big goals, long-term goals, is to have a workspace where I'm able to, like, hold classes right. to teach people, like – either like how to build an amp or how to fix an amp or whatever something like that is something I really enjoy Mm -hmm. doing so hopefully um that's there can be more of that in the future that
0: could be your um your goal for like 2024 (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) this year I need to build an amp (laughs) So that's like more like people who really want to do repair. If somebody is maybe like, I'm not necessarily going to be repairing stuff, but like, what are some tips, like if you're at band practice or something, or like going to like play in your, or you play a show and like your amp blows out or like the volume drops or something, which I know are two totally different things, but like, how would you recommend somebody diagnose that on the spot?
1: Um, that's a good question. So I would say the first thing, say you're playing a gig and your amp just turns off. The first thing would be to check the fuse. And that's, that is a great start for people who are interested in just like being able to be self-sufficient with maintaining Mm -hmm. their amps. Like, you know, you unplug the amp, check the fuse. If the fuse is blown, you replace it with the correct, you know, rating and everything. And then If it blows again, you'll need to troubleshoot further. But um, checking your tubes is always uh, like another example you had is if like your volume drops. You can go over to the back of your amp, take off the back panel and see if like if one tube is glowing like really bright red. That's an indicator that that tube is bad. If it's crackling, you know, you can kind of tap on tubes lightly and see if that gives any sort of response so there are totally things you could do on the spot to diagnose an amp and you know further than that you'd have to take it all apart and everything which is hard to do on the spot but definitely like checking the fuse checking your tubes is great and I would also say like if somebody is interested in just like maintaining their own amp to Take it apart and clean all the mm. pots and jacks and everything every couple of years or yeah. whatever. That you know, that's something that would prevent certain problems. That's cool. That's a um, good recommendation. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Solid. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so my last question is: if you were speaking to folks in the music gear industry, sort of broadly, so it could be like gear companies, like other repair folks, people in bands. Uh, And they came to you asking for, like, how to make change in the industry to make it better for folks. Like, what would you tell them?
1: I would say, number one, treat everybody equally. Um, If somebody's coming to you with questions about, about gear, like, don't make them feel less than because they don't know as much as you. I would say, you know, I think people now with marketing gear, it's definitely becoming more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's continue that for sure. Like keep marketing gear, yeah. Marketing gear towards everybody Mm -hmm. and yeah, just, I guess, make everything accessible. Like even like when describing like what certain gear does, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know, it doesn't need to be like overly technical, but it doesn't need to be overly simplified. I just think like Generally, just continue being inclusive.
0: Yeah, yeah, outside. totally. I like that. It, it, as you were talking about the language piece, it made me like visualize like a way of writing mm-hmm. a description for like let's say an amp or something, and it literally having like if you're like I don't know what like six L sixes are or whatever, like having a link to something that mm-hmm. describes what a six L six is. Yes, like what is right. a six L six? Yes,
1: a hundred percent. I yeah, make more. um yeah, just more information for everybody at all different levels of understanding what certain yeah. gear is. Because, I mean, there was a time
0: when I didn't know what a tube What's was a 6L6 while well, like... we're here? I guess I guess I'm now saying, like, right. <laughs> 6L6. <laughs> Do you want to describe what a 6L6 is?
1: What is a 6L6? <laughs> a 6L6 is an output tube which an output tube is basically what comes after all the preamp stages. After all of the stages, what shapes the guitar, tone, and everything, it's the final stage of amplification where this guitar signal is basically increased. And a 6L6 is just one of the many types of output tubes. Um, And generally, they're found in higher-powered amps, Generally, if there's two 6L6s, the amp is around 50 watts. If there's four, it's around 100 watts. Yes. So that's a 6L6. Usually in fenders. Yes, exactly. Usually in fenders. Twin Reverbs have four of them. But I like that, what you were saying, just like having a link to, you know, if you want more information, like, okay, you're reading about an amp that you might want to buy. It has these preamp tubes, these output tubes, and then an alternate like of what are these tubes? What do they do? Why do right. I want to buy this? Cause like I'm reading all this technical information, but what makes it something that I totally. want? You know, I want to understand what I'm buying type thing. Yeah. You're so, like, I
0: just want to yeah, sound like, like this that. band, or I want to have like a really right. sparkly sound or a really like heavy sound or whatever. Like yeah. what, <laughs> how can you like, exactly. I don't know, like translate or something. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's there, something I really like when I'm like buying speakers to replace in an amp, generally like the customer mm. will kind of be like, I want a darker sound or I want a more sparkly sound. And speaker companies generally do a very good job of describing mm. how a speaker will sound.
0: Yes. Um, so I, more of that
1: with, yeah, you know, with other gear.
0: That's a really good point, yeah. as I had to do some research on speakers fairly recently, and I noticed that as well. Like, I was like, actually, I do feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what this is going to sound like, <laughs> you know?
1: Exactly. Uh, which yeah, is 100%. percent
0: Mm-hmm. hmm right. So <laughs> what are you, like, psyched about working on right now? What's coming up for you that you can share with folks? Let's see. Um, other
1: than, like, the prototype amp build, mm-hmm. I'm, I have some cool amps that... I'm excited about, I have a really, really, really old Dan Electro amp that I mean, it's, it's going to need a lot of work, but it's super pretty. I love working on amps from like the forties mm. and early fifties. Cause they just have a certain look to them. Yeah. And I'm very like, I love, you know, the aesthetic of certain amps. Yeah. So I'm excited to share like pictures of that. I might even do a video of that one. Cool. I'm trying to think of any other really unique amps that I have in right now. It's a lot of, you know, old Fenders, which I love. Fenders from the 60s and 70s. They're really great to work on. I have a few Marshall JMPs that I really enjoy working on. They're totally different. You know, it's like you get the Fenders, which are super clean amps, and then the Marshalls, which are super dirty, high gain amps. So I love having this whole spectrum of tone. Yeah. Never a dull moment. Always something new. So it's really cool. That is awesome.
0: Yeah. I do feel like being surrounded by those, like the the beautiful, like aesthetic of those amps all the time has got to be really nice.
1: <laughs> it's inspiring. And it's yeah. like, it gives me inspiration for builds that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, I I have learned a lot about through repairing amps, like what I do and don't want to do when it comes to building my own. So it's been a great yeah. learning experience.
0: Oh, you made some new, um, uh, didn't you make some knob, like some. Uh, cool oh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want to talk so, about that? um, my part, yeah, yeah, totally, so my partner's a jeweler and oh, cool. he generally, he does all sorts of things. Um, rings, he d- d- specializes in like gold teeth a lot, um, and does a lot of inlay work. And so we were like, let's try doing some cool custom knobs, Ooh. like with inlaid stones that you're mm-hmm. comfortable using. So we've been doing some with like mother of pearl and opal And it's fun to experiment with that. And I think for like the amp design that I really want to do with the wooden cabinet is have him do like a bunch of engraving and inlay work with like turquoise and mother of pearl and stuff on the cabinet. Uh So that's something that I'm very excited about and something that I haven't really seen much of. And especially with, like, knobs, I mean, there's kind of a limited selection of knobs out there if you want to go more, like, high-end. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to experiment with that and have those options for people who want to, like, bling up their guitars or amps or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like, when I saw that you had done that, I was like, oh, you know, they do this a lot for, like, there's a bajillion different types of, like, custom guitar knobs, but not that many. The options mm-hmm. are much more minimal for amps, I think. Totally. Yeah.
1: So, um that's been fun to experiment with. And we've been doing ones with like little scorpions and stuff. Um, so it's been fun to experiment with that and then see what happens
0: with the inlays on the amps. But That's gonna be I'm cool. excited to see how that turns out. Nice. Uh, so, how can the <laughs> listeners stay in contact with you or hear more from you in the future? So,
1: you can follow me on Instagram, which is Fazio Electric. Um, if you ever have questions, you can email me. My email address is fazioamps at gmail.com. And also follow me on YouTube, which is Fazio Electric. But I would say if you have a question for me, email is always the best way to mm. go. It's kind of hard to respond to Instagram DMs sometimes. So yeah. I try to get to all my emails. So that is the best way to reach me.
0: Cool. All right, thank you so much for hanging out today. Thank you so much for having me, Hilary. It's been great. Yeah, thanks. Bye. All right, love talking with Colleen. She just put out a video where she finished working on this tank of an amp by Ames, I think, and it sounded absolutely dreamy after she fixed it. It is really just cool to watch that process um, and then just to get to hear the results as well. Uh, And she's just like very good at explaining things um, that I obviously don't know anything about. So uh, check it out. That's all in the show notes. If you want to see her YouTube, Instagram, all of her other videos, you can check those out there. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review the podcast wherever you listen so more people can hear it. Thanks for listening.